Hey, good evening, and welcome to the Uptown Parlay Podcast. Now your host, Ace. Malik, you guys should be in the tournament, man. I am pissed about that. Mm. It would be on Seattle. The Rams. No, I blame it on the Rams. Blame it on Baker Mayfield. I'm blaming on Seattle. Baker Mayfield couldn't 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 score any points. That was, it was, it was that's horrible. what they made that meme about. Because I thought y'all lost to the Rams or something. I was like, I don't think y'all played the Rams. No, the Rams lost to the Seahawks. They had a, they were up 16, 16 three, six. I don't remember. I, I remember. I watched that whole game. And yeah, and they were well, the Rams well, defense played good enough to win. Their offense couldn't score a point. Don't underestimate the, the the genius that is Geno Smith. You know. No, I mean, look, they Seattle Seattle played the way they had to play in order to get a win, and they beat the Rams by three points. Like, come, come back beat, of the year. They beat the fantastic Rams by three points. So, hey, so I, I, know. I said about example being a joke as a head coach. I take it all back. Who? Thank you, thank you, thank you, Levon. I I, I appreciate about that. Who being a head coach, Joe Judge. Oh, no, Dan Campbell. Fighting at the kneecaps and his theatrics. I mean. Oh, it's crazy is ridiculous, dude. but the players, you know, the players like it. But they I think like the reason it. why I think the reason why that team played so well and what I saw in Hard Knocks is all of the coaches and all of the position coaches are all former players. Well, that's so already, yeah, they yeah, know how but, to motivate. They I shouldn't say motivate. They know what to tell these guys to do because they've actually done it themselves, so they can explain it better. So they can. But it's it's not it's not so much about that. It's it's about sure. the play calling. No, I'm I, I'm in, in positive. I mean, in terms of in terms of being able to get the most out of players, because you see you see that you see that even with with uh, the Giants coach with Dable, like if, you know, players will play for you, you know, um, if they believe in what you're if they believe in what you're preaching and they believe in you know what you what you can bring, they'll play for you, and you can get you know coaches can do that. But in the end, the difference between the reason why the Giants are in the playoffs mm-hmm. this year. And they were not in the playoffs last year with a very similar roster. Oh, I can tell you exactly. Um, is is Brian Day? If you watch the games, it's Brian Dayball's play calling in late game situations. Yeah, putting true. the Giants, putting the Giants in situations where they can win those those tight games. They lost a lot of tight games last year because they did not get the right play calling in those tight situations. It was ugly. So, or can we just admit that Joe Judge is a terrible football coach? I, you can say that. I'm just saying you can say that too. How about, we just, how about we just put it like it is? Like he's just a bad coach. No, I'm well, saying you can you can I say did. that too. Go ahead, Mark. Yeah. I mean, there was a lot of players who were playing now who weren't last year. Yeah, Namely, well, because uh, wait, wait, because he didn't put them on the field. Or unless you're talking about injuries, it helped a lot. It really did. But you know, it is what it is. But Detroit should be in the tournament, man. You know, <clears throat> playoffs. <coughs> I mean, I'm not. Tour- yeah, that's that's the tournament. <laughs> you talking about? I mean, the, playoffs, I mean, the hell are you talking about the tournament? The only reason it doesn't bother me is because when we had the opportunity, when we played Seattle, and we had the opportunity to play Seattle, you know, they came, they came to Detroit, and they whooped our ass like thoroughly. <laughs> so to me, if that's the game. That like if we if we if we had like lost to the Packers if like the Packers got in, despite the fact that we beat the Packers twice, I'd be pissed. I get what you're saying. Yeah, you know, if it didn't come down to a head-to-head matchup between y'all and Seattle that you had at home, and you were like, damn, right? If we had won that game, we'd be in. 
you know, plain and simple. We'd be in because it's the same record, and we'd be, but we'd be in. So the defense wasn't as good then as it was at the end of the season. Yeah. So I can't, I can't really be, I can't be really mad at Seattle getting in. If, mm. if any other team, I would have been like, man, fuck this, right? <laughs> but but it's, <laughs> but it's them, and, and they beat the shit out of us when they played us. It wasn't, I think it was like, yeah, it wasn't close. It was like week four or something Before like that. Before we get into the playoff talk, what do you think? Who do you think was the best coach this season? And we'll separate uh, it from the interim it, coaches and the head coaches. Doug Peterson. Really. <laughs> Better than Brian Dayball. What Doug Peterson did taking the worst team last mm-hmm. for two years straight and yeah. pretty much with the same talent, uh, minus Christian Kirk and Evan Ingram. And mm-hmm. what did they win? Like, how many games in a row did they win to win that they division? Five straight. Five, five straight. straight. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. Doug Peterson. And that's a former Eagle head coach I'm, I'm giving kudos to. I think Doug Peterson should win that award. I okay. do. I think Doug Peterson should win. Wow, I'm kind of surprised. He won the division. Mal- Malik, yeah, but he's in the easiest division in the in the in the whole thing. So, just saying. Um, no, but they are though. Yeah, so. the division's trash. Like they have the two <laughs> worst teams in the NFL in their division. It was it was bad this year, but they still that's that's a turnaround. What three wins to nine yeah. six six game turnaround? It shows all? how bad of a coach that Urban Meyer was, in my opinion. Because he had basically the same team, except Travis Etienne was hurt. Yeah, he did. So I don't understand. But go ahead, Malik. What do you got to say? I mean, <clears throat> I'm personally, I'm, I'm almost always of the thought that unless there is a situation where you have a coach that's overcome like insurmountable odds to, you know, do something that you just never expected, which is, I guess, what, what Brian Dable did. Um, I would just go with the, the the best coach on the best team, right? Like the team, the team that was able to put together the best record. So I, I would actually lean on, I'm I would actually lean on Shanahan. That'd be my perfect my my personal one because he hasn't. I mean, he hasn't he hasn't won one yet. Okay, he hasn't he hasn't won Coach of the Year yet. This is what three straight years of, and and this is second year in a row winning the division. Two years second year ago, in a row winning the division. This is starting the season with Trey Lance, mm. going from Trey Lance to Jimmy Garoppolo for how many weeks, and then going from Jimmy Garoppolo to Brock Purdy, who nobody knew, you know, like, well, no. and, not, and the team didn't miss a beat, you know, yeah. um, on offense too, like offensively, they it's and that's what he's known for. So I would say I would I would lean towards Shanahan to get the to get the award, but I understand you know um, the thought for Peterson. And what he did, and I understand the thought for Dable. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if either one of them got it. Um, I just had to lean towards, you know, some a situation like what Shanahan dealt with, and like maintaining that all through the entire year. There was no, there was no down, and it was not up and down. It was I'm surprised nobody has mentioned this team, but I'm going to say Pete Carroll mm. because they expected Seattle to be tanking. Everybody at the beginning of the year was like, Seattle's not going to win more than five games. At most. And they're in the playoffs. Not because of who they lost to, but because of literally who they beat. True. They are nine and eight, only because they beat the other team that was also nine and eight that probably everybody wanted to see him, but like nobody thought Seattle Seahawks would be in the playoffs right now. That's true. The most improbable of all the teams that are actually in. They were supposed to be people could have seen here, except for them. 
and nobody yeah. thought Geno Smith was going to be any good. And he threw 30 touchdowns and 11 interceptions, which is actually, he had a better season than Dak Prescott. <laughs> passing the ball, which is insane for me to say, but I had to go back and look at the stats and I was like, yeah, he did that. Which is wild. So mm. either Pete Carroll's, you know, a much better coach than I've, you know, given him credit for in the past, but like he's figured it out. Let me I look was, at it's this. either him or Dayball to me because nobody expected those teams to be in play. And it hurts me to say it, but he did a pretty he, he did, did a good job. Really? I yeah, mean, it's not like I mean I don't they he did a good job with Philly he did last undefeated team best record well, was best record share the best record with KC no they have the best record in the NFL no. they do um what, got fourteen three yeah next year yeah best defense how many sacks did that defense have I mean that's not his wheelhouse but he's the coach so well, it'll be interesting to see who they give it to. I think Dable got the most pub because it's New York, but I really think Doug Peterson should get that award because mm. Jacksonville think, a turd. I think Doug Peterson was working with the most talent, so everybody expected Trevor Lawrence to be good, so I'm not shocked. But when you told me that at the beginning of the season, Geno Smith was your starting quarterback, and now you're in the playoffs, I'm sorry, but like if everything's on the QB, and now this guy who, who we thought was a trash QB is in the playoffs, is it him or is it the coaching? Maybe the coach saw something and was like, "We could do." How this. does that Russell Wilson look now? Uh, <laughs> it looked good for looked great for Russell Wilson's pockets, and I think Nathaniel I mean, Hackett is the worst coach in the NFL. How does it? And maybe it was Pete Carroll. It wasn't Russ at all. They fired Hackett and they won two more games. It's at the end of the year, and yet if and they the let's put it like this, let's say they didn't hire him, if any other coach had been in there and they won eight games. What happens next year then? What happens if they come back next year and they go eight, eight, and one or eight and nine? See. We gotta see. But as of right now, Gino broke every Russell Wilson record in one year. That's what he, he had did. an extra game to do it. So uh, he did. I think that was out of spite. I think I think Pete Carroll was just like <laughs> like like fuck it. I'm just gonna let Gino do do all the things that you know G- Russell complained about. Um I don't think it I I Levon, I don't think it speaks to me i don't think it speaks poorly on russ only because of the fact that you knew it was a bad situation for like they didn't like each other by the time he left it was the relationship was done it wasn't like it wasn't it's not like he was that whole let russ cook thing you could clearly tell like there's no love lost between pete carroll and and russell wilson so the fact that he went to Denver play, and played against played under an incompetent coach, yeah, you know, it, the fact is like, did he has he taken a step back? Most likely, we've never a seen back. a head coach he's, get fired before the end of the season for just being bad at his job. Yeah, I but most, I mean, most everybody likely, also, everybody else regress. has had like an incident happen in their first <laughs> season. Wait, I'm pretty sure we have. We just can't think of it. No, the, the, the dude from um oh from Carolina, he was the first to go. No, but this wasn't his first year. This was his third year as the head coach. No, right. the dude from Houston last year. Good point. Oh, Cully. David Cully. Yeah, David he was Cully. fired before the season ended. What did David Cully get? The axe. They let him. Oh, wait. you're talking about like getting fired during yes, the year in during the season during during the season. Say, Listen, oh, they fired Lovey Smith before we got off the plane. That's how quick that press release went out. They were like. He went for two, he's fired. Tell him when he gets on the plane. And then he got off the plane, and then we got a press release. I got an interesting take on that. 
remember I'd Brian, love to hear it. Remember Brian Flores and his whole thing, right? Mm-hmm. Now you're an owner. You're an owner. Your job is to make money, win football games. Lovey Smith is out there. Do you want to hire a coach who is not going to fall in line and do what's best for the team versus what's best for himself? And that's what Lovey did going out the door. He did what was best for himself. I don't want to hear all that winning. You play to win games. That's not what's best for the team. Getting that number one pick, winning Mm -hmm. that meaningless game was spiteful. So if you're an owner, do you want to hire a coach who you know is going to do something like that, some self-serving like that. Do you think they, I'll, I'll say as an owner, right? If I'm, if I'm intentionally, you said, wait, you, you just said in your question, owner's job is to make money and win games. Yeah. So if your job is to make money and win games, then you want mm-hmm. him to win the game. Win games. Not but also game. what's more important, Ooh. the GM also Ooh. tells the coach, he's the head of the analytics. So Nick Casario, he's the one who was there on the headset when they're making decisions on whether or not to go for two, to do onside kicks, things that analytics now in the NFL tell you to do or not to do. Mm. So the GM, he's the only person in that entire building who knows whether or not he told him to go for two or not. This is true. So if Casario told him to go for two and then they made it, we don't know the GM. The word is Lovey Smith made that call. Good. I'm glad he did. Because he knew he was going to get fired anyway. So... Thank you for being loyal to the Bears. As a Bears fan, I, I appreciate that. As Period. an owner, as an owner, I'm just speaking speaking from being a fan, right? As an owner, it would be I would say this: it would be difficult for me to tell someone to lose on purpose so that we can get the number one pick. It would be difficult for me to say that. Now, it's not to say that I wouldn't be happy if we lost and got the number one pick. I'd be like, great, right? But like there was a part of me, and I would be, there was a part of me that like when the when the lines were going zero and sixteen, there's a part of me that wanted to get just one, just get one goddamn win. I don't give a damn how we do it, just get one because the, it's at, like yeah, when were, when you were zero and fourteen, you were just like just I, win just, one of the last, two. just win one game, you know, <laughs> like like please, because I don't want to be, it, it would be so it would be really really tough for me to be like damn, like just go out there and uh, you know do your best but lose good, you know, like like I. <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't. I couldn't sit there. I couldn't even like. If we lost, if we play hard and we lost, because I'm, because, because, dude, as an owner, you're like the ultimate fan. You know what I mean? Like you, you don't, you don't have a, you have a say in the actual, you know, makeup and the everything on the team. But like, you are fully invested. You, sh- I would be fully invested in what's happening on that field. Like I would be that Arthur Blank type of type of dude. Fourth quarter, every game, I'm coming down there. I'm talking to the guys. I'm doing like that would be the type of type of owner that I could see myself being. So I would want to win every game, even if it means that like like that's why I got a GM, dude. We could have had the number one pick. We got number two. Make the shit work. That's your job. That's your job is to make that shit work. I don't what you do, make it work. Yeah. But I want to win every. I want to win every Sunday. Like I don't give a damn. How good or how bad our team, team appears to be every single and day. And more importantly, I don't know if the team – I don't know if any teams, like, even though the Bears is the number one overall pick, it's not like Trevor Lawrence is out this year. Like, no one's trying to trade up to draft us for to, to get it there for a sure thing. Or a mm. better example would be with Andrew Luck and RG3, and they were debating which one's going to go one or two. This isn't exactly like Peyton Manning and Ryan Leaf here. Mm. There aren't two six-foot-five dudes who are like, oh, yeah, one of them is going to lead us to a title. 
they're all small quarterbacks. And then it's Will Levis and, you know, Bryce Young and Stetson Bennett. And I'm very sure nobody wants to take Stetson Bennett first overall. So, Ace, if yeah. Justin Fields had been healthy, yeah, do you think he would have played Week 18? Oh, yeah, he would have. Okay. I think he legitimately hurt his hip, and they were like, why go out there and play? Like, it's tough for you to run. But yeah, like, I mean, I think he was. I think, but that, I think that, 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 but that goes to LeVon's point. Is, yes. Yeah. It goes is, to my point. You hear about less win games than why it feels sitting out if he can go to win a game. Why is Lamar Jackson sitting out? It's the playoffs. If we're winning games, it's about the business. It's yeah. Business. Lamar Jackson put out a statement on Twitter and it was reported on. He still has knee instability, meaning his knee can't hold him up. It'll give out. You said he had a grade yeah, two strain, which means he, he had a partial swelling. tear in his ligament. <laughs> if you have a partial tear, after a month, it may not be ready to go. Possibly. You're right. Yeah. So they, they if he has a partial in tear in his knee, it is PCL. Like, if he goes out there and fully tears it, well, then then what? He ain't getting that money. Exactly. Wait, wait I heard. So I heard that. I see why he's not playing. I heard that the team has no idea about his um his situation. Is this coming from his people or the team? This is coming directly from his certified Twitter, Twitter account. He put it out himself. Fucking Twitter account. Is it coming from his physician or the team physician? No doctor what, about, about on the it. He about reported the on it himself. Fuck that. Well, we, the team, we, the, team, sp- the huh? team reported on Monday or Tuesday. The team reported that he's that he's had swelling and he still had swelling in the knee as of last week. So and he said he still has swelling <clears throat> in his knee as of this week. Yeah, and he still has that knee was, instability. That was reported by um, not Schefter. It was Rappaport, Rappaport, Ian yeah, Rappaport. Rappaport, and it was also reported from the Athletic, who was the beat reporter for the Baltimore Ravens, as well. So. I believe that he is hurt. Contract or no contract, if he went out there and hurt himself further, he would just be out longer. I so just, let's, say but, he had, let's say he had his $180 million fully guaranteed contract like he wants, right? $40 million a year, four years. Maybe he'll sign it, maybe he won't. I don't know. Let's say they offered him that and he said yes before the beginning of the season. If he plays with that hurt knee and he messes it up worse, now he's RG3. Now he's never the same again. Mm-hmm. Well, he's already so better than RG3. I, I think he's legitimately hurt. Because otherwise, because if he goes out there and wins this game and crushes it, then he's the man. And now they know we really got to pay him. He's really going to get all this money. It's like Aaron. It's like Aaron Judge. But if Aaron Judge gets hurt halfway through the season and like, you know, messes up his shoulder or his elbow doing something. Well, now he doesn't get that crazy contract. The league is paid till he's like 41 years old. It's true. Oh, I, I, but I but to that point, like I, I see what I see what you're saying, Ace. And I see what Levon, with Levon, Levon. I see, I see exactly what you're saying. The business side of it is, you play for the best opportunity to get your team better, so you can win games in the future. I, I and I, I get that. My problem is, I uh, is for me. My problem is my competitive streak. I am too fucking competitive to. Mm. I will I will say like if they're hurt, don't play them. Yeah. But whoever goes out there to play, y'all better win. Because <laughs> guess, y'all yeah. play to win. Because <laughs> guess what? When them owners meetings come up and I gotta be in a room with Jim Mercer, 
I'm gonna look right at him and be like, we bust that ass. That like you know, like like that's that's what I'm because I'm, I'm that dude, right? Mm. I'm that guy. I'm I'm that guy. So I was like, that's why for me it it would still be important to me. It was like I would be thinking about that draft pick. Like yeah, sure, whatever. We could have had one. We got two. Whatever. Fuck it. We still whooped your ass. Like, 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 yeah. that, that'll be me. That'll be. I'll be happy <laughs> with that. I'll live with it. Because in the end, like, we still there's still seventy year old billionaires, you know, fighting yeah. over, you know. And to be completely honest, right? If they really feel like they they they're gonna get think about it like this, San Francisco traded up to get Trey Lance. He hasn't helped them do anything. Right. They look like they're on the verge of a Super Bowl with the guy they drafted in the seventh round, which is some Tom Brady type stuff. Yeah. A, a mediocre quarterback doing what he needs to do, just operating the offense, and the defense is just killing everybody. And feel free to jump in whenever you want. The, so see, all Brock Purdy has to do is not turn over the ball. The only thing I would say, though, where I can, where LaVon, I completely, completely agree with you, is if Peyton Manning is sitting there, if John Elway is sitting there, if fucking, you know, the best of the best, if the best of the best, that quarterback that's coming there is literally like, if everyone in the world is telling me, this is the, if the Victor Wembenyama, the LeBron James is sitting there at number one, don't, and I got a chance, do not fuck this up for me because that one is different. You know what I mean? Like that dude hits different. If you're telling me it's the difference between Peyton Manning and Ryan Leaf, like, yeah, we got a pro- we got a problem if y'all make me yeah, if y'all make me thing. miss out on Peyton Manning. Everybody right. thought Ryan Leaf was going to be the man coming out. Blake, I tossed this into you, Dane. The Jets was actually in the same situation, and they dumb behind thanks to Adam Gates won the game, and that's how they got the number two draft pick instead of the number one. The Jets could have had the number one and got Trevor Lawrence. Number one. Trevor Lawrence was number one. But yeah, so 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 that one, yes. So and perfect. That's the perfect example. I would have been pissed. As an owner, as I would have been pissed at Gase. I would have been pissed at Gase because Trevor Lawrence was generational. Everybody said that whoever drafted number one was getting Trevor Lawrence, and that was like take your take your team to the next 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 level. You know. If it's that type of like can't miss Andrew Luck, Peyton Manning, Trevor Lawrence type of dude, yeah, yeah, I'm just not gonna watch the game. And that's exactly I'm, what I'm happened. Just, and that's I'm exactly just... what happened. Adam Gates did that shit. That's a big middle finger. Unlike <laughs> unlike a Lovey Smith thing. Lovey Smith is different, but the, Adam Gates was just basically a middle finger. He knew he was getting fired. He was getting fired three weeks ago. What's the difference with the Lovey Smith thing to you? Well, I don't think Bryce Young is Bryce Young isn't Trevor Lawrence. No, no, hold mm-hmm. on, hold on. Let let it go. I want to I want to hear it. Besides that, I don't think uh, quite. I think Lovey Smith is just basically winning, just to you know, win for the for the people on the team, for the players on the team that's fighting fighting hard for this thing. I think he truly actually cared. Or like you know, Adam Gates. Adam Gates didn't give a crap. You know, the last five weeks. Gotcha. And, and you know, and Lovey's an old school coach. Like I don't, I wouldn't expect Lovey to be thinking about draft capital. You know what I'm saying? Like. He's he's the type of coach that just he strikes me. He doesn't strike me as that type of coach. He doesn't strike mm-hmm. me as the type of coach that has the long game, like you know, that has that long game in mind. He strikes me as the type of coach that's literally coaching for Sunday, and then when Monday comes, he's coaching for next Sunday, and that's <laughs> it. <laughs> like like you might have to sit him down in the room and have a real conversation with him about like, listen, dude, I understand you want to win. 
we're playing the long game here. We're playing for five years from now, not now. And we need you to, you know, make some moves, do some things. We just need you to listen to what the GM says, listen to what the analytics are saying. Don't go off a feel because all of that going for two, even that Dan Campbell, um, the flea flicker play, the hook and ladder play, that's yeah. all feel. Ain't nobody, I mean, that it gets called, but the head coach is the one that says, sure, go ahead and run that shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, and everybody says, like, if if the Lions had the chance to make it to the playoffs, they probably don't run that play. Oh, no, I mm. think they do. I, I think they do, too. But I'm just saying, like, a, a lot of people don't believe, you know, believe that that's, you know, not because why not do. run something you've never done all year just to make sure we get this first down? And I was well, like, when I saw that, I was like, that was beautiful. That was, that was if beautiful. you're up, the theory is if you're up four points that late in a game with a, with an opportunity, first off, you're not throwing the ball. No, I remember. I even said, I think Levon even even put the message in the chat. Yeah. Like, why are they still throwing the ball? And I was, well, yeah, and I was like, well, because they. I you tried to take out your running back by throwing a chicken wing at him while he was already being tackled, which I thought was a really dirty play. And I was like, oh, like what's going on? Yeah, that elbow to his friggin' face, man. That, that was crazy. Yeah, that was crazy. The elbow to his dome. And I was crazy. like, oh, I, I guess the rules aren't the rules anymore. Rest of the <laughs> Sunday off. Okay. <laughs> he he doesn't get the flag. Um, but yeah, so that's why I said, like, like that type of coach, you know. I think he was coaching off a field. And so sometimes you have to rein that in. Like the organization has to rein that in and be like, look, we need you to coach to, you know, to what's coming. Don't coach for now. We ain't going to make the playoffs. We're a bad team. You know, try to coach, just like coach the team, get them ready for the game. But if we lose, it's not, it's not, it's not on you. And I think that's the other thing. But nobody ever told him that. You see, that's the that, thing. He no, didn't know he was going to be there past Sunday. Right. No if there is no trust, if the coach doesn't trust the ownership that whatever happens, you're good. You're okay. Mm. You know, then maybe that's why he's like, you know what? Fuck all y'all. I'm out. <laughs> Welcome <laughs> to the Uptown Parlay podcast. We got Ace, Ant, Malik, and our special guest, Levon is back. Wait, wait, hold up. How's your special guest? Just like how we used to do it back in the days when we go to Malik's house or whatever like that. After yeah. one time, you're not a guest no more. Fuck all that it was, shit. It was it was three times. It was the right, third hey. time. Oh, it's third time. I, I had it Yeah, but Levon's been time. here. Levon's been here more than three times. I had it after my first time. You know, also, he was like, episodes. you're not a guest no more. Get your ass over there. I'm like, be special. It's great. We were like 15. We were like 15. It wasn't my house yet. Well, well, you the person who lived there, so it was your house. <laughs> nice. The end hey, of the season up, everybody? is upon us, and we are in the playoffs, or as LeVon likes to call it, the tournament. Because he's so above it all. The tournament. We have Seattle at San Francisco. Before we get to before we get to the actual picks. Oh yeah, what's up? Um, real quick, real quick. Mm-hmm. Why is there a game on Monday? Like, because why? It like, feels like there was never a game. There's never been a game on Monday. When they went to Super Wild Card Weekend or Super Duper, whatever they call it, Super Duper Wild Card Weekend, they've been getting the Monday night football game on the playoffs. Did this happen last year? Yeah, it's, it's an actual game now. 2020. You don't, you just don't remember. My gosh. I, I, it, it's just, it's, fr- I would be mad if I, it's because it, it puts you in a disadvantage. You're on a short week now. 
Uh, right? If you play Monday, I mean, now you've got a short short week until the next week's next week's games. Yeah. Whoever wins, yes, yeah, so you have a longer week than everybody else to prepare. Your game, see, ya. more rest. I know. I just, I. It feels weird. It feels weird. Playoffs on a Monday just feels weird. Well, if you have a, if you have Monday, you might actually get to play on Sunday then. And then, well, else play, well, on Saturday? Well, right? Why well, people who play on Sunday plays on Saturday or something like that? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. And ESPN right. got to choose the teams that were going to play on Monday night, so they chose the Cowboys in the playoffs. Of to course, that they would get everybody watching. They yes. chose the Cowboys and Tom Brady. That that makes perfect sense. It's a celebrity game. Yep. It's a real. It's going to be good football or not. Begin. <laughs> it remains to be seen. Seattle at San Francisco. Seattle is getting nine and a half points. The over under is forty two and a half. The spread opened up at an even ten and it dropped down a half point. Ant. Who do you have? Oh, wow. I'm surprised you're going with me first. But I'm going to take Geno Smith, and I'm taking Geno Smith and the under in this one. The reason why I'm not taking San Francisco is because they got the – I, I I know people have been believing in, the, you know, Mr. Irrelevant here, but I think they're going to take it to a different level here with Seattle. You got to remember, there's different levels when it comes to the NFL. When it comes to the NFL. You have the preseason where they revved it up a little bit. Then you have the, play, then you have the regular season – and then you have the playoffs. The playoffs are everything is on the line. Wait, what's the name's going to throw out so many? He's going to throw out so much different things at this young quarterback. We're going to see a different change here. And you got to remember here. Yes, this is a betting thing here, but I'm the gambler here, so I'm going to go over. I'm going to take the. I'm going to take the, the, the risky thing here. And you know, give me Seattle and give me the under this one. And this is going to be my first lock of the week. All right, Levon, who do you got? <clears throat> Uh, who's going to be brave and, and take the underdog and, and show that he's the bravest right out the gate. He's taking huge underdogs. Seattle squeaked in to the playoffs. They barely made it. I'm not impressed with this team at all. I think the Niners destroy them <clears throat> in this game. I don't think it's even close. Um, Geno Smith's Cinderella story comes to an end abruptly. And uh, I'll take the Niners in this one. And I'll make that my lock, my special guest lock for the week. All right. I'm going to go next. I'll give you a couple of reasons why I agree with Anthony. I didn't realize anybody was going to agree with me, but I think this is too many points. I believe that San Francisco is going to win. I don't think they're going to beat them by uh, 10 points or or more. I think Anthony's right. I think he's going to see a level of defense and concentration on him, and they've been able to scout him over these past couple of weeks, and he's still a rookie. Now, he has played 45 games in college, which has given him a lot of experience, and I think the fact that he has such a good team around him, including the offensive line, and I'm just talking about the offense here, but Geno Smith has been in the league long enough to know what San Francisco is capable of doing and what they can do. He's a 30-year-old quarterback. He's been in the league for a while. He's seen Russell do it in the playoffs. He understands how to read defenses much better than Brock Purdy does. I expect Seattle to cover. I don't expect Seattle to win. If Seattle won this game, actually, no, let me not say that. This will not be the most shocking result if Seattle won this game. Everybody else will be shocked, but I wouldn't be completely shocked. I'm going to take the under here. I don't think if Seattle can keep it close, there'll be a lot of points scored. Brock Purdy is going to have a turnover here. He's thrown two touchdown passes in every game he's played. Seattle has gotten to see him and play against him. They've seen this defense twice. It's hard to beat the same time, team three times in the same year. 
So that's why I'm taking Seattle to cover. Yeah, Malik. Wow, you guys are you guys are really on something here. Um, <laughs> they got better receivers too. Nine and a half points is a lot. I I, I do agree with that. Um, but not only am I taking San Francisco, I'm locking in San Francisco as my first lock of the week here. Um, <clears throat> two reasons. Number one, um, in the wild card round, I looked this up. In the wild card round, there have been eleven teams that were um, <clears throat> double digit fav- double digit underdogs in a wild card game. The record of those teams is two and nine, and the two. Um, the two wins were two home teams. So road teams, road underdogs of more than double digits are 0-9 in the wild card round. They've never won, and they ain't going to win. This ain't, it ain't going to start with Geno. Geno's not, Geno's not bucking that trend. <laughs> number two, and one number two, the second reason is Seattle is one of the worst defenses against the run. They are pretty good against the pass, but they are one of the worst defenses in the NFL against the run. I don't expect Brock Purdy to have have a huge game. I, I think you guys are right on that. I think the playoffs is definitely a different beast, and he's going to see different different types of strategies and different uh, different defenses against him. And he's probably going to struggle at least at least a little bit um, to make something happen there. But I don't think, but I do think with the with uh, Christian McCaffrey. Debo Samuel and all of the things that Kyle Shanahan is going to be going to be able to dial up um, on that on that team from a talent perspective. I don't see them having a problem running all over Seattle and um, and and taking this game pretty easily, especially at home. So I'm taking San Francisco. I'm taking the uh, the over because I think that this I think this number is pretty low. Um, so I'm going to take the over because if I'm taking San Francisco, I'm assuming that they're going to score somewhere somewhere in the in around. 30 points, 20, 28 to 30 points. So that means I only really need to get about 16 from, I think I only need to get about, need, need to get about 13 or 15, 13 or 14 from Seattle to, uh, to cover that number. So I'm going to take Seattle, San Francisco and the over and I'm locking this in. All right. Saturday night, main event, the Chargers at the Jaguars. And who do you got? Oh, Jaguars are getting two and a half points. The over under is 47 and a half. That's a good question. Who do I got? Um, I'm gonna go with um the Jaguars on this one. Kind of weird, but yes, I'm gonna take them. I'm gonna take them in the under. There's no real reason, rhyme or reason behind it. I just shook my my little magic eight ball. I'm gonna call it that way. I'm gonna take the Jaguars in the under. Okay, um, Levon, who do you got? This is a much better game, in my opinion, than uh, San Francisco Seattle game. Um, the Chargers, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Brown is hurt, the receiver, and is it Nick Bo- Nick or Joey Bosa is hurt, or is it somebody else? It is Joey. Joey got hurt, so they played that last game, they played their starters, two of their main contributors, one on offense, one on defense, got hurt. The Chargers have been hot and cold all year, and the Jags are red hot. I have liked the Jaguars all year for reasons I, I don't know, but I just like that team. I think they have a lot of young talent that is just starting to come together. Doug Peterson has done a great job uh, putting that all together, putting it together late. And I like taking the hot team um, when it comes to the playoffs. Those who are playing good late usually sustain it. And I think the Jaguars are going to win this game. I think it's going to be very close. 
think it'll come down to a field goal kick, but I think the Jaguars will will win this game. All right. I am shocked that you think the Jaguars were playing well as of late because that last game that they played, they looked pretty terrible to me. Just one man's opinion. I will say that I expect the Chargers to fully win this game because they are road favorites in a playoff game. They're going all the way from L.A. to Jacksonville. The weather's not going to be a factor. Teams that fly west to east don't have a disadvantage. Um, they are 7-2 and two on the road against the spread. Jacksonville is 4-3 and three at home against the spread and 5-2 and two at home during the regular season. They barely got by Joshua Dobbs, and they only won that game because they gave them a fumble in which he was throwing the ball forward. They have a better quarterback in Herbert. They have better receivers on Jacksonville. They have a better running back in Austin Eckler. Every single, whether it's offense or defense, the Chargers are better. This is my first lock of the week, and I'm going to take the over. The Chargers are going to beat the hell out of the Jaguars. Um, Unfortunately, if you're a Jags fan, enjoy this playoff game. You'll be back here a lot because your division is trash. But hopefully your defense gets better. Give me the Chargers, lock it in. Yeah, Malik. This is <clears throat> this is actually probably the toughest game for for me to pick um, because Jacksonville is so hot and <clears throat> neutral field. I probably would take the Chargers, but um, and I feel like the Chargers are the better team. Levon pointed out the injuries on that side of the ball for them, uh, and they are significant. But obviously, the best the best player on either side is is the, when you look at the quarterback situation. The quarterback. Uh, Justin Herbert is a phenomenal quarterback, pro bowler. I think this is his first time making the pro bowl. Um, And he's a great player. Trevor Lawrence is, he's he's pretty good. He's on his way up. Maybe the top, maybe, maybe you say he was in the top, top tier of the NFL quarterbacks at this, uh, definitely based off of this season. Um, But we haven't seen him in this situation. We haven't seen him in, in, in this, this, this environment yet. So, um, and we haven't seen Herbert in this either. So they're both kind of they're both they're both new and inexperienced in this in this situation. I'm gonna lean towards the Super Bowl winning head coach versus the non-Super Bowl winning head coach who has a who has a tendency to you know make boneheaded decisions that wind up losing his team games in multiple situations. He did it last year multiple times. And frankly, his his team was just too talented to lose um when he made bad calls. In, in multiple situations this season. I don't see any reason. The Chargers should have won the division. The Chargers should have been much closer to winning this division than they were. Um, I personally think that the Chargers have underachieved to some degree. Um, They're in the same that, division as the Chiefs, right? Yes, they are. And I think that they I think that from a talent perspective, you would you you could easily chalk up the talent that the Chargers had compared comparing to the Chiefs. Top to bottom Talent, talent levels where you where you see the main difference is the Chiefs have Andy Reid and the Chargers do not I think Doug Peterson is the difference in this situation I think he gets this team beyond beyond the Chargers they're at home and they're the home dog I like the home dog in this situation so I'm going to take Jacksonville and I'm going to take the under side note Sean Payne is going to be Chargers head coach next year <laughs> thank you on that Chargers head coach I, 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 he's not getting fired yes. You say that, but if 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 the Chargers got get smoked in this game, I wouldn't be surprised. Mm. This team is way too talented to be 
yeah. not at the top of the AFC to be not in, to not be in the conversation with Kansas City, with you know Cincinnati, mm. with Buffalo. Like you look they, at this team top to bottom. Like this team is super talented. They yeah. had they had nothing to gain or lose from that game last week, and he played his starters, and he lost to them. Both of those players are expected to play this week. Just but they got injured in the game. They and I'd been... also like to point out that Khalil Mack is still playing and he is fully healthy. Yeah, you would say that about Khalil Mack, wouldn't you? No, he's on the Chargers. He's their other defensive end opposite of Joey Bosa. So I'm just pointing he's, that out. He's teetering on the end. He's kind of like the Quinn guy from Philly. Gotcha. gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and you're right. They lost that game to Denver. Who's been bad all year? Five, three points. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It's Denver. Still, it's still Denver, my friend. Yeah, that's true. still Denver. It's still Denver. We have the one p.m. game. I know why this game is at one p.m. Miami at Buffalo. They want to get it over with quick. <laughs> uh, sorry to the Miami fans. It is minus 13 and a half points after they everybody knew Skylar Thompson was going to play. So all those people were betting on Buffalo early when they're still hoping to were playing. Good on you for taking advantage of that spread. Buffalo does not cover a lot of games at home. They are three and four at home against the spread. Miami is four and five on the road. They lost by three points earlier in the year due to bad weather. Ant, who do you got? Do I actually have to go in this? You have to make a pick, yeah. I know yeah, you're an AFC East fan, but if it makes you feel any better, I don't think either of these teams are going to go to the Super Bowl. So, oh yeah, I agree on that one. But um, I as far as for this, later. this is a this is just a, a quite a brutal beatdown. This is basically um Buffalo's um preseason game, so I'm going to go with Buffalo and over and call it that. Everybody knows that going well. You can ask a six year old on this one and who to pick on this one, and this will be my 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 locker again. I guess we need to put some locks in. The over-under is 43 and a half. It doesn't matter. It's just going to get a beat down. <laughs> Hold on. Who do you got with him? Just like the Rock says, it doesn't matter. <laughs> um, I mean, this game is so much of a given to everybody who would watch it. And, and before it happens, everybody assumes the Bills who rolled, the Bills with Josh, the Bills who were anointed, preseason, the favorite, the Bills who just had the tragedy happen, all this going for them. And look at the lowly Dolphins, old third-string quarterback with the funny name and the coach who is terrible at his press conferences. He looks like a nerd. They got no shot. Cold weather, warm weather team going into the cold weather. But something inside of me wants to pick Miami. For this game because those men have to hear this and they have to see their backs against the wall and nobody's giving them a shot and with all the talent they have on that side of the ball they still got Tyreek Hill they still got Jalen Waddle who are uncoverable all that speed um defensively they're a solid team they won eight games and lost three after 11 and I mean the only person they're missing is Tua I think you are severely underestimating this Miami team. I am taking the Dolphins in this game to shock what world and to win. Bills. Not cover, I'm, to win. To win. 
I'm taking wow. the Dolphins. They haven't made the playoffs in a long time. They struggled all year. It's something when you struggle and you are due. Like I said last week with the Niners, they won like 50 games in a row, 9, 10 games in a row. That would make me nervous because that means you're due for L. The Dolphins barely got into the playoffs. They lost all those games before they squeaked out a win. I just think that this team, these men have to hear this noise and just be like, listen, it's not the Buffalo Bills show. We are going to go out here. And we are going to fight and win this game. I'm taking the Dolphins. I'm taking the Dolphins, man. Right. I, I, hope you, I hope you're right. I hope you're right. I, I want to see Tony's out of his mind, but um, <laughs> I, I I respect the pick. I'm going to go next. I think Miami is going to cover to beat a team by 14 points in the playoffs. See? That's, a lot, that's a lot to ask for somebody. Um, They beat the Bills. They beat the Patriots last year, the Bills did at home, and they had a point to prove. They literally scored, did not punt the entire game. And they scored on every or the first like six drives they had. And they didn't give up the ball or take a knee until basically the fourth quarter. They scored every time they had the ball. They stopped the pass and just bulldozed them. Uh, the Bills hate everyone else in their division. They just mm-hmm. assume because they're at home and they have a weather advantage, but it's going to be a nice sunny day. No snow, no rain, no cloud cover, which means from the last time that I saw, Tariq Hill was able to just run by their corners. And I know nobody wants to say this, and I said on the last podcast, they're still down to safety. DeMar Hamlin ain't playing. No. Glad he's healthy. Um, I don't know. I think Jordan Poirier's playing. He's been banged up all year. Micah Hyde, I heard, is going to come back and play. Uh, I think he's playing because it's the playoffs. If he needs to take more rest, he probably should take it. But they do need him this game. But if he's not fully there, Expect to see Tyreek Hill running by him for a touchdown, which will take away the cover from the Buffalo Bills. Christian Dawkins is on the defensive line for the Miami Dolphins. Xavier Howard is on the is one of the best corners. He's on the Miami Dolphins. I don't think Buffalo's just gonna crush him. I don't think they're gonna run back and kick against him. I don't think they're just gonna be able to blow their doors off. As long as the Dolphins receivers are healthy, which I believe that they are, he can I do believe Mike McDaniel can scheme up an offense because he was an offense coordinator for Seattle, for San Francisco. He can find a way to get them some points. Their defense held it in, held it together against the Jets. They shut down uh, Joe Flacco, and they were even able to get a safety to cover. So thank you for that because I bet on you last week. And I expect you to cover this week. Give me the Dolphins. Lock it up. Wait, wait, wait. Joe Flacco is retired. Mm. The Jets didn't have He's a quarterback that now. game. The Jets didn't have a quarterback that, that game. game before he embarrassed the Jets franchise. You talk, you you trying to compare Joe Flacco, who's retired, <laughs> to, to um what's to the what's the name to the, the uh, MVP quarterback? Really? Was it a safety? Did they get a safety to cover? Because I saw that safety. All I know is Joe Flacco is retired. <laughs> Joe and Flacco just didn't have a quarterback that game because you know who doesn't have yeah. a Super Bowl ring? Any well, of the quarterbacks in this game? Well, yeah. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't matter. Joe Flacco's retired, like I said. And when All the right. Jets played he's the Dolphins, they didn't have no quarterback. He's definitely there was no quarterback sitting there. It was like a, it was like a black hole just sitting right there. Yeah. <laughs> Three decade guy, Joe Flacco. Anyway, go ahead, Malik. <laughs> shout out to shout out to Joe Flacco, the newly retired Joe Flacco. And um, <laughs> one thing I'll say about that is, if if my son, if I was a quarterback of any team. And I brought my son to the game 
on live to my last game of my professional career. And he had the nerve. I don't give a damn how old he is. And he had the nerve to wear the other team's jersey coming to that game. You're out of the will. And you ain't getting back in the will. You're done. You are dead to me. I don't give a damn if you're six. That is something that you are gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna live with that shit for the rest of your ever-loving life. And when it's all said and done, I'm gonna have a pick. The only thing that's gonna be in the will when the lawyer, when the executive pulls out the pulls out the will, what'll be in the will is it'll have the will and it'll have a picture of you as a six-year-old kid wearing a fucking Tyreek Hill jersey on my last game, <laughs> my last game, the last game of my NFL career. And it will say, if you if you need to know why you're getting a dollar out of my out of my will, this is the reason why. Go buy yourself a new Tyreek Hill jersey. Mm. That's that's my that, that's my rant for Joe Flacco. I feel sorry for you, dude. Shout out to you, man. You tried your hardest. Uh, you just you weren't getting it done. For this game, um, Buffalo's going to win. Uh, I think everybody. I think Buffalo's going to win the game. I think Buffalo's going to cover. I don't really have much to say about that. So I'm going to pick Buffalo and the over because uh, I do think the game will score a little bit better. I think Skyler Skyler didn't play bad. He just didn't play good. And the Jets' defense is better than is better than uh, most most defenses in the NFL. So I don't think he's going to, um, I don't think he's going to play poorly, but I can see Skyler. If we're talking about, um, Ant, you were talking earlier about Brock Purdy, seventh round pick, going to throw some picks, going to have some bad, you know, some bad things happen to him in his first playoff game. Um, I expect the same thing for Skyler Thompson, rookie quarterback going to, going to Buffalo. At least Brock Purdy's going to be at home. <laughs> Thompson's going to be on the road. In Buffalo against Sean McDermott and that team that he's made that you know he's, he's gonna, gonna score give, some points though, but he's gonna score he's gonna the points with away, the other team. Exactly. He's gonna give away some points. He's gonna give away some points. So I expect Buffalo to get a turnover, at least a couple of turnovers, maybe get a touchdown, a, a score, a score on defense, and continue to ride the momentum um that they that they've gained throughout this whole situation. Um again, shout out to Demar Hamlin and his family. Um, so I'm taking Buffalo and I'm gonna take the over. The question I have for you guys before we jump into the next game, I heard this, and I don't know how much I believe it, but there is there has been a with with the way that the story unfolded, there has been this like dark web underground conspiracy theory that the Naeem Hines kick return mm-hmm. may have been staged, mm-hmm. may have been a a known staged thing. To open up the game, to build the story, to 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 be the, same the thing. story. I've heard it happen. I've heard, I've heard this, and people are saying this. Like, I, it's, it's been online. It's been online. It's been. On, it was on Twitter. People, there was there was some. There was a couple of tweets about it, and you know, people have been commenting. It hasn't it been like on the TV dark web now. Like it's on Twitter. Okay. <laughs> No, I, I, I say dark web, but I mean, I mean, like it's I don't I'm not on the dark web. So I, I and I, I wouldn't ever if I wasn't a dark web, I wouldn't I would never comment about being on the dark web. It's the point <laughs> of being dark. Anyway, anyway, but it's it's there's been some tweets about it. So I just want to hear your thoughts on you guys thoughts on that. Like, do you think it's even possible? My first my first thought was it's impossible because I could not imagine you asking Bill Belichick to throw one for the team. Like I couldn't just, just to throw one for the league. Like, Hey, just realize like that. Yeah. That touchdown. If that, if that first one doesn't happen and he only scores the second return touchdown later, the bills cover that, uh, the Patriots cover that game. Patriots cover that number. And and the Patriots absolutely. That was the thing. The Patriots absolutely needed that game. It wasn't like, 
they could have lost that game. If they won that game, they would have getting they were getting into the playoffs. That's, so, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. I'm just curious. Did you, Levon? You said Levon. You said you heard it too. I've heard it, but for the same reason, the Patriots needed that game, and I don't see why in the world they would agree. That is the only missing link is to find out why in the world the Patriots would agree to, you know, let that happen. And they were in control of their own destiny. It wasn't something where they needed to win, plus 100 other things needed to happen. They just needed a win, and they were in. So with that being said, I've heard it, but I'm like, Ace, I don't believe it. I think it's just spec. But it also is also two storybook to be true, that yeah. – this guy returned the opening kick. It was like, you know, just real bad cinema type shit, in my opinion. Well, yeah, actually, right. it'll, explain, it'll explain the reason why for all these years, you know, the rest have been on the Patriots side. You know, we do we one solid for you, you do solid for us. Just kidding. But as far as for this, I don't believe it happened. It's just a good play. The Buffalo was basically on the on that high, the emotional high. Naeem Himes is a really good running back, and I think they realized when they traded for him they could use him in the passing game and also, more importantly, as a returner. He's a very fast running back like Raheem Mostert, so I think he just had a great return. Yeah, that's what happened. It just still is bad. And I'd like to point out, the the Bills didn't, didn't actually really play well that game. They didn't really play great against the pass that last game, so that's also why I think Miami can cover. Skylar Thompson is – I'm not expecting him to play well. I'm just expecting him to not turn the ball over. And if he doesn't turn the ball over like Mac Jones did, who looked like the best version of himself that last game, somehow threw three touchdown passes against his vaunted Bills defense, who also needed to win. Because if the Bills lose that game, they don't have this neutral site AFC championship scenario. Mm. They're going right. to Kansas City. Right, in the three seed. Yeah. So, yeah, so they had to win as well. So, you know – yeah, that sounds nuts. Yeah, I uh, I just thought it was a very interesting, very interesting, uh, you know, <laughs> very interesting conspiracy conspiracy <laughs> theory that that people been th- people were throwing around. I also think it was just very interesting that there were two kickoff returns in that game, and it took probably until Wednesday for them to actually replay the second one, which was a longer kickoff return than the initial one. Yeah, every. Every single time I saw a highlight for that game, I because I didn't watch the game live, right? I was I watching did, yeah. another game. Every single time I saw a highlight for that game, they showed the 97-yard kickoff return. It wasn't until Wednesday when I saw a different highlight on a different network where I actually watched, saw the highlight of the 101-yard return. It was Devin. Which Hester was a better return. Which yeah. was a, which was, was a better return. It was longer everything. Everybody so I just hit that their block and he ran by like three, four mm-hmm. people. It was wild. I just found that interesting too. Like nobody cares. We don't care about the hundred and one yard return. The ninety-seven yard one is the one that that everybody talks about. It was the first one. It's great. Great. All right. New York Giants at the Minnesota Vikings. I'm gonna go first. The Vikings are gonna win this game. Are the Vikings gonna cover? No, because the Vikings never cover a spread. They are four, five, and one against the spread in their last ten. They are four and five at home. They are eight and one at home, which means they don't lose at home. The Bills found a way to lose to the Minnesota Vikings. The Vikings are the only team in NFL history to ever win more than 12 games and have a negative point differential. I didn't know that that was possible. And they beat the Bears by like 19 points in that last game. And they still had a negative point differential after winning 13 games. 
which does not make any sense. So I believe Minnesota will win this game. I expect this game to somehow be a one-point game or a push. If I could bet on a push, I would. Mm-hmm. Um, Minnesota Vikings are going to win. They're not going to cover, and they're just going to be – they'll be like 80 points scored in this game. It's going to be like 47-46 somehow. I don't know how, but that's what's going to happen. Go ahead, LeVar. I didn't want to call comment on this game for obvious reasons, and it's the New York football giants, especially when we make the tournament, the New York football giants. Um, Played this team three weeks ago. I watched that game because I taped it a good five times this week. And it was very, very evenly matched, both teams. Um, we'll have Adore Jackson back for this game. We'll have Xavier McKinney back for this game. I don't know if Hawkinson and Jefferson will get off like they did with those two back in the secondary. Second time you play a team in such a short span, familiarity, it's it's hard for me to get past my bias. And it would be hard for me to pick against a dome team that has won close games all year, including the one against us. I'm gonna try not to be a big fan and pick my 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 love Giants. I'll pick Minnesota in this game because they did win 13 games. They have a much better, more dependable offense than we do. And their defense at home, that stadium is loud. And I just don't believe in the receivers that we have. They've been playing well lately, but when the lights get bright. I don't know if Daniel – I don't know if those guys will be able to win their matchups and get open for Daniel to hit them. And Saquon is not going to uh, get a lot of breathing room in this game. I think I think we do lose. It hurts me to say it, but I think the Giants lose. Um, and that's my pick. And who do you got? Yeah, I can understand why you don't pick that um, – the Giants going to lose and everything and Vikings going to win. Um, what time do they play? They play at 4 p.m. Yeah, that's close enough to prime time. So fuck that shit. I'm picking the Giants to win this shit. And I'm taking the under in this one. And this is going to be you know, my, my next lock over here. I don't believe this bullshit about Kirk Cousins, Frat. I know they're number three seeds, but the Giants quite, was the team that I kind of remember back in the days that actually had a low seating like this and still pushed all the way through. They might not do it this year, but they're definitely going to call past this pretender of a team. So give me the Giants and give me the under. Lock it in. Well, Malik, who do you got? Um, After seeing my Lions beat the Packers last week, nothing would make me happier than to see the Giants walk into Minnesota and urinate all over their field and destroy them, like just completely destroy the Vikings. Nothing would make me happier as a fan. Um, To that end... I think LaVon makes some really, really great points. I think Minnesota wins this game, and I think they win the, They win this by more than three. Um, <clears throat> and it leads up to them having to go to San Francisco or Philadelphia and, to your point, Ace, get their brakes blown off. Because that's how they that's how a team wins 13 games and has a negative point differential. Because when they win, they win by three. And then when they lose, they lose by 24. That's how it happens. So 
That's what I expect to happen with this. I expect Minnesota to win that first game by three or four points and then go to go on the road to their next opponent in San Francisco or in Philadelphia uh, in one of those situations and get smoked and look like they don't even belong in the field. So in order for that to happen, they have to win this game just despite as much as I want to see the Giants win and I will be rooting for the Giants to win this game. I'm going to pick Minnesota and I will take the under. All right. Malik. I'm sorry, the over. The over. Please put me down for the uh, Chargers. That's my second lock of the week. And for the Sunday night football game that we are all looking forward to, Baltimore at Cincinnati. Baltimore is getting nine and a half points. Baltimore's defense is better than that. Their offense is atrocious without Lamar. We are I'm very confident Lamar's not going to play. As we were talking about earlier in the show, he is he still has an injured knee and partially torn ligament. And I don't expect him to play. On the road, they're five, three, and one. They lost on the road to this team last week. I think they will be able to figure out their defensive stats better. Um they have a very good linebacking core. They have a very good defensive line. I expect them to get more pressure on Joe Burrow. Jamar Chase is still pretty much uncoverable, so I expect Cincinnati to win. I do not expect Cincinnati to cover. Give me Baltimore plus nine and a half to cover and give me the under. They're going to keep this a very low-scoring game. This is the second-best rushing offense in the league behind the Chicago Bears. They're going to run the ball. I don't care if Anthony Brown's the quarterback. I don't care if Tyler Huntley's the quarterback. I don't care if Hundley is the quarterback. They're going to run. They're going to run. They're going to run. And by running, they're going to eat up the clock, and they're going to limit the possessions Cincinnati has. And when he does have the ball, Roquan Smith's going to be dropping into coverage, and they're going to be blitzing Calais Campbell and whoever else they can bring on pressure. And they will figure it out. Give me Baltimore to cover that nine and a half. They're going to lose by a tutty, maybe a field goal even. Justin Tucker, if you're playing Danny Fantasy, take him. He might have like seven field goals in this game. Who knows? You had him. I don't care if they have Fred Flintstone as a quarterback. They're still going to get their ass whipped. So give me Cincinnati. Give me the over in this one. This is going to be a beatdown. This is what happens when you don't pay the man. You should pay Lamar Jackson his damn money. Yes, he might be injured, but at least he would have been there right now if he would have paid his money and, you know, gave him some, some job security. He might actually quite at least try to play for you guys. But he's not. You guys going to lose. Going to get your behind whip. Don't care who you put in there. Don't care how many times you try to run it. You're going to get your behind whip. I don't care if it's your defense. You're going to get your behind whip. I'm going to keep sending it over. You're going to get your behind whip. Give me Cincinnati and give me the over. If I had another lock, I'll put that in. This is a definite lock for anybody in the world to put. If, since you guys out there have a lot, put it in, put the money on this, beat down, and if you see Lamar maybe in a different uniform next year. Mm. Oh, I bet you're hoping he's in a Jets uniform. Mm. Of course. Mm. <clears throat> this um, this is a tough one to call. Kind of like the Miami Buffalo, at least for me. Um, similar situations, division rivals going up against each other. One is without a quarterback. No one thinks they have a shot without Lamar. Uh, Aaron, you know, talked up the run game and all that other stuff with Roe Smith. I know he used to be a bear. That doesn't matter. Cincinnati rolled him a week ago, and they're looking to roll him yet again, and they probably should. But if I could pick Miami, why can't I pick Baltimore? Because I don't believe both teams will get upset, and I think the Bills are a team that's going to get upset. I think the Bengals are loose. 
They feel confident. They're very cocky. They are the defending AFC champs, but they get no respect as a defending AFC champs, not even in the preseason. They get that respect. Everybody already put Buffalo and KC in front of them. I think they know that. The team has a swagger about it. And I think they roll Baltimore in this game. I think they roll them hard. This is a blowout. It won't be close. I'd like to point out in their last five meetings against Cincinnati, Baltimore is four and one, which means the last game they lost to them is the only game they've lost to them in their last five times they've seen. Them. Did Lamar play in those? And, and who who was the quarterback in that last game that they lost to them? Anthony. Anthony and, no, and who's the quarterback this week? Tyler Huntley. <laughs> no, no, no. It's, it's gonna be Anthony Brown again. No, Tyler Huntley is taking first team snaps. The back. Anthony is, Brown, the third string rookie is, from Oregon slash. BC is not going to be started. Does it really matter? It ain't Lamar. Kind of does. That's a, like I said, it could be for Flintstone back there. Nobody gives huge right. The Bengals won by nine last week, and they're giving without, them nine and, and they're giving them nine and a half this week. Wait, and four. Ga- okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was going to say. No, I'll be quick. The Bengals won by nine last week. They're giving up nine and a half this week. And if you watch that game, and I actually, this was the game I, I was watching during the one o'clock uh, slate. I was watching this game and I was watching the Pittsburgh game and I was flipping between the Pittsburgh, this one, Pittsburgh, and then the Jets and the Dolphins. Um, <clears throat> and if you watch this game, Cincinnati did not play a good game. They were still, I don't know if they were still hung over with this whole situation, the whole situation that happened in week 17 with, with DeMar Hamlin and everything that happened on their field or just kind of the emotions of the, of the, that week leading up to leading up to the game, but they did not play a good game um, overall and they still won by nine points. So my personal feeling here is that I lean towards the, I lean towards the Ravens with the points because of the fact that this is a, this is a team that knows Cincinnati very well. This is your third time playing them. Um, So I lean there. I would even I would try to tease this down to maybe Cincinnati minus seven and then tack on that game against uh tack on that if you really want to tack on that Buffalo Miami game uh into your teaser. If you can get Cincinnati minus seven and then you can get, you know, Miami Buffalo plus 14, uh, Miami, Miami plus 15 or something along those lines, you can take that. So you give two points on one and take two points away on the other. Um, I would take something like that. Because of this nine and a half, I'm going to take Baltimore. To, I'm going to take Baltimore to cover. Um, I don't feel good about it, so I'm not locking it in. But um, I definitely, I definitely think Cincinnati wins the game. I just think it's by a touchdown, or maybe a little bit less, because Baltimore knows that in order for them to win this game, they have to keep it close. They have to keep the game close. They have to keep the game within a, within a score in order for them to to try to eke something out. Um, and if Huntley is starting. I think that's worth three points, three additional points. So I'm gonna allow allow Baltimore to uh to cover this cover this number. So I think the I think the game ends something like 26-21. And Levon, I'm really counting on the fact that Patrick Queen doesn't have to cover as much ground, which is why they signed Roquan. So that's what helps them in terms of blitzing. Because they what I was, them now. I was thinking about the four and, and he's a pro bowler as well, so that's why it actually helps. Did you say the Baltimore's four and one in the last five meetings against Cincinnati? Yes. So, the last meeting Cincinnati won. The one before that, I don't remember Baltimore won. They but did. The it. Last, they beat the them. last two. Didn't Cincinnati sweep them last year when Jamar no. Chase? 
crazy and Joe Burrow threw for like 400, 500 yards in a game? No. The Ravens beat them twice last year. No, they didn't. That was the game the Ravens blew. They were winning, and Cincinnati came back and beat them. And then Jamar Chase went crazy. He had that, like, four-touchdown game, that ridiculous run. And then um, Burrow threw for, like, 500 yards in a game. That was a different team you were thinking of. Am I thinking of a different team? You are. No. no it was, you're, 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 you're right. You're right, LeVon. Malik. Yes. Yes, I'm looking at I'm I'm looking at the I'm looking Back at the in number. Baltimore with the points for me, please. Yeah, you pick Baltimore. Thank you. No, I yeah, got you. That's my third lock of the week. Oh, you put you put them into lock. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, Ace. No, you're you're uh, Levon is right. Um, week sixteen, last season, December twenty six, Cincinnati beat Baltimore forty one twenty one, and. Um, Joe Burrow threw for what's what did he throw for in that game? Yeah, he killed it in that game. Yeah, like five hundred yards. Yeah, okay. I was, that's why I was like that stat just it didn't seem. No, maybe it's backwards. Maybe Cincinnati won yeah. one. That is it, against the spread. Baltimore. Which is what I said. Oh, against the spread. Okay. Oh, against the spread. Well, oh, then the, yeah. they would have they unless um. I'm sure they covered. They won by 20. I'm sure Cincinnati covered that one too. They didn't. So yes, if you're saying against the square, because they didn't cover last, they didn't cover last week. Okay. Four and one they in last five meetings against the spread in Cincinnati. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Burrow last had 525 and four touchdowns that game. They lost that game at home, right? <clears throat> Which game? The one where LeVon was talking about the 42 to 21. Baltimore no, no, no. C- Baltimore was on the road. Baltimore was at Cincinnati was at home. Cincinnati was at home when they mm-hmm. beat them. Not the last week. I'm talking about the game last season that he was talking about the blowout bit. Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow going bananas. So Cincinnati beat Baltimore twice mm-hmm. last season. They beat mm-hmm. them in Baltimore, forty-one seventeen. Okay. And then in they Baltimore. beat them again, and then they beat them again at home, forty-one twenty-one. Forty-one twenty-one. Okay. Last and definitely least, we have the Dallas Cowboys at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tom Brady may be his last game in a Tampa uniform for all you Tampa fans out there. They are getting two and a half points at home. The over-under is 45. I don't have much faith in the Dallas defense. They overperform for about five, six weeks of the first half of the season, so everybody thinks they're better than they are. I think Tampa is a better team on offense. I think they have better running backs. I think they have a better quarterback. They don't have a better offensive line, and that's where the problem comes. Tom Brady can get enough time. Dallas is going to lose. They can find the protection to stop the Dallas Cowboys pass rush. I think Tampa can crush this team. Give me Tom Brady. I don't touch Dak Prescott. He's been playing hurt since he's come back. I think he rushed it because he feels he owes it to them because they're paying him $40 million. Therefore, I don't think they're going to win. Tampa's at home. They have that advantage, and I expect them to win. Give me Tampa and the over. Go ahead, Ant. I think Tom Brady's 7-0, 7-0 against the Cowboys right now. That is correct. 
So I'm just going to lean on that part. That and plus, you know, I love the memes. I feel bad for the Cowboy fans, especially since I live in Texas. I might have to shield myself for a couple of months before they, so they won't find me for saying this. But, you know, I, I do love the memes every time the Cowboys actually lose on the playoffs so they look like they never win nothing. So I'm going to go with um, Tampa Bay and give me the under in this one. It, it goes against a little bit of logic. For some strange reason, I have a, a feeling that, that that it's going to be the reverse and the Cowboys might pull this off because they have the more younger team and stuff like that. But and it's Todd Bowles too. <laughs> Damn it! All right, you know since it's Todd Bowles, I have to go. I'm sorry, I have to switch that. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's Todd Bowles. Give me the Cowboys on this one. Give me the under, just because so of him deciding to trust the coach that wasted uh, Aaron Rodgers' prime. Is that what you're telling me? Michael um, Hart. they got a Super Bowl together, so that offensive genius that is Michael Carter. Quite Todd Bowles was quite one of the contributors to the, the fall of the Jets. So you know. The Jets are the contributors to the fall. No, no, no. Todd Bowles was part of that. He actually tr- he actually trusted his best buddy to be the defensive coordinator, even though he sucked. But anyway, Who's keep going. His best going. Friend? Whoever that, that dumbbell that is the defensive coordinator right now in the, in the Tampa Bay. Ah. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Who is the defensive coordinator for Tampa Bay? Ah, uh, ah, uh, this is off. This is awful. I hate Tom Brady and I hate the Cowboys. I'm going to pick Dallas. I think that the Dallas defense is the difference in this game. Tom Brady and Tampa Bay were lucky to get into the playoffs because their division, much like the AFC South, was horrific. And Dallas is going to take advantage of that. Two teams that probably would get beat if they played anybody else um, in this round. And they play on each other, so somebody has to lose. And I think it'll be the Bucks at home. I think Dak will get it working just enough. Zeke and Pollard, C.D. Lamb, they have enough there. And Michael Parsons, he's been quiet. I don't know if he cooled off from his early season tear. But um, as long as he's there, he should get after Tom Brady pretty good. So I'll take the Cowboys in this game. Yeah, it's Casey Rogers. That, that's that bum. Casey. I agree with me, too. Who? Casey Rogers, that's the bum defensive coordinator. He he keeps him around all the time. That guy sucks. Casey Rogers is their defensive line coach and run game coordinator. Just so you know. No, he's a he's a defensive coordinator. No, they don't have one listed on the Buccaneers website. Yeah, I but he's the, Tony, he's he's the one. Uh, Malik, go ahead. <laughs> I love how Ed just hates him so much. Hilarious. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna take Tampa here. Um, I I like the I like the road dog in the situation. Um, look, not for nothing, Dallas. When Dallas started the season at home against these same Tampa Bay Buccaneers, a Buccaneers team that had lost like what three fifths of their offensive line before the actual first day of the season, um, and you know a Tampa Bay team that was I believe Chris Godwin was either was hurt or got hurt in that game. Tampa Bay beat them 19-3, and it was not close. It was it was a bad beatdown in that game. That was the game, of course, that Dak Prescott got hurt. Um, Cowboys have gone on to uh, be a, you know, a good overall team, um, and everybody believes that this is the revenge game. This is this is their opportunity to right the wrong of that situation. Well, Tampa Bay knows how to do. If Tampa Bay knows how to do one thing, and Tom Brady knows how to do one thing, is beat the Dallas Cowboys. That's <laughs> clearly he knows how to do that pretty well. Um, and Dak Prescott, 
the the one stat that I had to want I wound up having to look that uh, look this up. Dak Prescott missed five games this season and still managed to lead the league in interceptions. Mm. <laughs> that tells you everything that you need to know about more than Davis Mills. Mm. No, equal. He was equal to Davis Mills. Fifteen. They they both had fifteen interceptions. But Davis Mills played the whole season yeah. to get his fifteen. Mm. Dak only played twelve games. So that tells me that Dak Prescott and the Cowboys are still not where they need to be to win these types of games. They are expected to win. They are favored here. I would not be surprised if they did win. I don't want to even pick either teams. I'm I'm, I'm probably, I mean, this is a Monday night game, so I'm probably going to watch it just because it's a Monday night game. Um, But I wouldn't be surprised at all if Dallas won. I'm not going to pick them to win. So I'm going to go Tampa Bay. And I'm going to lock this in as my third lock. All right. And that Ooh. is it this week for the playoffs. Oh, so we bad. Six games for Super Wild Card Weekend. Guilty. We are going to start with our shout outs. Ants. <laughs> Go ahead. All right. So um, besides me fil- being filthy about being the only person to pick, uh, I think, LeVon, you picked Dallas, right? Yes, I did. Okay. So I kind of feel okay. But anyway. <laughs> On a serious note, shout outs to Peyton Hillis. Um, I know everybody was talking about um ha- uh, Hamilton last week or whatever, but people don't realize that Peyton Hillis almost lost his life as well when he was actually quite. He was actually basically was about to, dr- he was basically drowning trying to s- save two children or whatever that was caught in the riptide last week. But he's quite doing a little bit better right now, and he's coming about. So shout outs to him. Um, now for my selfish shout outs. Shout outs to um Lamar Jackson. You know, hopefully, you, you know, he gets his bag. You know, Woody Johnson is very rich. He got the Johnson & Johnson money. You know, he gets his bag over here. So, shout out to him. Get that get that knee up right. Screw, screw the Ravers. Screw the Ravens. But, if you, you know, if you don't come in here, you don't come here. Whatever. You know, that's good. That's good. You know, so, you know, also, you know, it'd be all good. But shout out to um, Derek Carr. You know, you might get cut this week. So, you know, you might get the bag over here. <laughs> what the chair? I feel so ashamed for saying this stuff. But anyway, <laughs> shout out to you. Whatever you doing, it you doing your thing. Your coach over there don't know what the hell he's doing unless he plays in New England. You know, come over to the Jets. You know, might win 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 a ring or two. Shout out to you. Shout out to a serious shout out also to Mike Lafleur. I think he got kind of screwed over at the end on this one. You know, he had a bad quarterback and Zach Wilson. who didn't want to pay attention. But anyway, shout out to you. Hopefully, you get a good job and one day, you know, you be a head coach. Shout out to you. Yeah, that, yeah, that's about it for this week. I, I think I'm, I think I'm good. I think I quite humiliated myself enough, you know, and shame myself by you know promoting two quarterbacks that might not even be listening to this podcast. But anyway, shout out to y'all guys, Levon. Oh uh, man, I I don't have any any shout outs, so I'll do uh, I'll do a shout out to uh, <clears throat> to Tibbs, coach of the New York Knicks, New York Knickerbockers. Shout out to Tibbs and how he finds a way to play none of his bench ever in a basketball game and his starters for 40 plus minutes a night, driving them into the absolute ground and finding to finding ways to blow leads, no matter how large in the second half of games, leaving us Nick fans to wonder if ever this team will ever be good enough to actually cheer for in our lifetime. Shout out to him and his, his adopted child, Julius Randle, who is still on this basketball team, still getting minutes. <laughs> I do not know. 
And um, yeah, shout out to to Tibbs. All right. I am going to be a bit long-winded tonight. But well, before you go, last one shout-outs. Shout-out to Frank Wright, too. Sorry about that. Frank Reich. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. hopefully he becomes the offensive co- um, coordinator of the New York Jets. Shout-out to him. <laughs> wow. Very, very self-serving shout-outs today. I, I like that. Keep the focus on what's the point, number one. All right. Got that right. Um, I was going through playoff appearances by teams, and – I just wanted to point out, shout out to the Arizona Cardinals for being the team that has literally lost the most games in NFL history because they've existed since 1898. So they've had more opportunities than everybody else. And shout out to them for also having the least amount of playoff appearances of any team that's existed in the NFL pre-1970, pre-merger. They have 11 playoff appearances, 11 times. 125 years they've existed. So I was cut it down to 100 to even it up with the Bears and the Packers and all the other, and the Giants and all the other teams that have been around for about 90 plus years and the Steelers. 11 times. And they decided to fire their head coach. What difference that I think that's going to make is zero. I don't know. They have no GM. They have no head coach. I don't know what difference that's really going to make. You gave a quarterback an extension and a QB an extension this offseason and the GM, and you appear to want to fire all of them. I don't know how you're running your franchise. I do understand why now you have 11 playoff appearances in 125 years. You have a <laughs> dedicated commitment to never winning outside of Larry Fitzgerald. And unfortunately, he decided to retire. He's like, I'm good. I'm out. I'm going to go get in the booth or something. I'm going to figure this out. But I'm not going to sit here and let Kyler Murray throw me over the middle and uh, have somebody <laughs> take out my knees. I'm good on that. I already got you out to the Super Bowl. So, uh, yeah, let's wrap this up. And shout out to my Chicago Bears for snatching defeat from the jaws of victory and getting that number one overall pick. Uh, I appreciate Lovey Smith for saying you can take this job and shove it. I'm not working here no more. Even though you knew you were going to get fired, you decided to go for two, sir. And I respect your loyalty to Chicago Bears, even extending to another team, decided to go get that win. And when I saw that score, I was like, oh, they lost it again. Just like when they were beating the Cowboys. And then Houston found a way to come back and get that win. So shout out to Houston. Shout out to all the citizens of Houston who are cheering for their team to lose, but somehow they won. I appreciate you guys. And last and definitely not least, shout out to the New York football giants. Uh Even though they've existed for 97 years and have been to the playoffs for 32 times, and they have four Super Bowl championships, they still somehow have a negative playoff for winning percentage. Somehow this team that's been there so much loses so often. So do me a favor. When I put that huge bet in on Minnesota to win, do what you usually do in the playoffs and take this out. Malik, go ahead. Wow! Jesus, you know it's funny. Even when the Bears stink, they're the number. They got the number one pick in the draft. They're the worst team in the NFL. You still want to stick it to everybody else? In the one year when you should be as quiet as a church mouse, no, talking about football. This is when you double down on your on your trollness. That's double down on my trollness. What the the Arizona Cardinals are the losingest franchise in the history of the NFL. They are the Philadelphia Phillies of the NFL. 
Yes, you're talking you about history. You're, ta you're talking know. about you're talking about history. I'm talking about now. As of today, you are a fan of they the you, now you too. Are, as of today, you are the fan of the worst team in the entire NFL. That's your that's 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 your claim to fame. Only right by now. record. Only by record this season. What the hell else do you what how the hell else do you rank a team? I think that's the only way to do it. <laughs> None of our that's teams are in the playoffs it. except for the Giants. So I don't want to hear it from you. I'm I'm just saying I'm saying you know the best of the worst. I'm saying in, in in the words of Kendrick Lamar, sit down and be humble. That's all I'm saying. Nope, got but, no overall pick, no humbleness here. But clearly, clearly you don't. Um, shout out to first and foremost, shout out to all of the talking heads at ESPN who on Monday, Mr. Stephen A. Smith, Robert Griffin III. And there was one other person that I cannot recall. All three of you picked TCU to beat the Georgia Bulldogs in the national championship game. And I'm convinced that the only reason that you guys did this is because you knew that this game was going to be played on ESPN and ABC. And you wanted to make sure to get you, you, you wanted to promote getting fans to actually watch this thing. And so you picked TCU because. Stephen A. Smith hosts the flagship show of the show of, on ESPN, and Robert Griffin III was calling the game, and so you picked them to make it intriguing, knowing full well that this was Mike Tyson versus Peter McNeely. This was this was the ass whooping of all ass whoopings that was coming. Everybody knew what was getting ready to happen, <laughs> and you guys just let them you let the world <laughs> down, and so this is not you know what. He said you earned the right to get blown out. Okay. They earned the, and, and Peter McNeely earned the right to get his ass whooped. He, <laughs> he, he, got, there. he got there. He got his ass whooped. Um that game was the worst game I'd ever seen. It was it was it was over by the first quarter. Mattress Mac was wallowing in his own horrible uh in his own horrible selection of of, of TCU. It's, I don't even know if he's a TCU grad. I know he's from Texas, but I don't know if he's a TCU grad. That's the only thing that would have given me a um would have would have given me a uh, uh giving him a pass on this if he was just picking his alma mater whatever um so shout out to ESPN for tricking the entire tricking any fans into picking TCU with those 14 points and I hope and Vegas should be very happy with you guys um shout out to I don't usually give this but shout out to LeBron James if you guys didn't hear this recently LeBron uh obviously you guys know he just turned 38 He's had 40-point games. He's had a couple of 40-point games. The Lakers are playing better, so on and so forth. Uh, Anthony Davis is still hurt. He's got, you know, 15 different inches. I, th I honestly think, like, you know, my knees are better than Anthony Davis's knees at this point in his in, in life. Like, my knees and my ankles are much better than his. Um, and I'm out of shape, 42 years old, and uh, and I'm pretty sure that I'm pretty sure that I could run up and down the floor and not hurt myself as much as Anthony Davis does. Well, anyway, LeBron James was um after a game where he scored like 30 some odd points and he was doing his thing whatever they won he was approached in the in the locker room or going towards the locker room by a reporter who asked him about you know his thoughts on the lakers um needing to get some to do something to get him some better players to get some better talent on his team and i don't know exact I can't quote it verbatim but he said something around you know what you know what they need to do i know what they need to do Everybody knows what the fuck they need to do. 
And it's it's it rings true because the Lakers have been sitting on these these uh what twenty twenty seven and twenty twenty nine draft picks and not giving that up because for some reason they believe that that those things are more valuable than a team than the current team with one of the greatest players in the history of the game on its roster. And no, let's not let's not try to make this team better to try to win another championship because in twenty twenty seven there's a sixth grader out there that we want to make sure that we have the ability to, to draft <laughs> in 2029. Cause you know, <laughs> you know, we need to make sure that that kid's available, that that pick is available for that kid when he's coming up. Um, <laughs> yeah. So shout out to LeBron for saying what we all, what we all say. I don't give a shit about 2027. I'm not going to be playing in 2027. So I can care less about those picks, trade them. I can play now. Give me a pick, give me a couple of players and let me go win a goddamn championship. Shout out to LeBron for keeping it real and saying and telling it like it is. It's, yes, it's your fault that the team is what they are now. Your fault that Russell Westbrook is there. But guess what? I don't care about that. Get me better. Get me better players and let me go win a championship and get get, get the hell out of my way. Shout out to LeBron James for doing that. Shout out to. This is the funniest story that I've seen all week. Shout out to retired NBA NBA player Jared Jeffries. Did you guys hear this? No. Jared Jeffries trying to become a ref. Jared Jeffries uh, was recently on The Price is Right, and he won a Toyota Prius. Oh, nice. Shout out to Jared Jeffries for, for, for needing to go on The Price is Right to win a Toyota Prius. Wow. Shout out to you, sir, he for that, that accomplishment. And he, he won it. And you, and you have to, if you guys get a chance, go watch the video of him winning it. And, and the, the amount of uh, the elation in his in him like you think he won the he won a he won a, a NBA championship like that was how that was how proud he was of that moment in his life it's the same moment that you know housewives and you know truckers get really really happy when they win on the price is right Jared Jeffries former NBA player former New York on the price is right got super it's I'm not hating on the price is right I'm hating on guys like Jared Jeffries Feeling the need to be on the prices right, and then getting excited when they win a, when they win a car. I hope you donated that car to some worthy cause. I hope that you have a better car than the Toyota Prius that you won on the prices right, and you donated that car. But anyway, shout out to you. You look like an old dude. I wouldn't have known it was you until somebody until somebody told me it was you. Shout out to you for winning that game, uh, for winning winning that prize, and, uh, and enjoying yourself there. Um, I think that was all I had. I think I had one more, but I cannot remember it off for the, for the life of me because you know what? Because I'm old and I'm, that's okay. Uh, but I ain't as old as, uh, as Anthony Davis's niece. So shout out, shout out to them for every shout out to everybody and good luck this weekend. All the teams, all the players out there. I yes. uh, hope everything works out. Please stay healthy. We are. Peace.